Hey everyone, I'm Lewis Malley. Welcome to the podcast. This episode was originally recorded on one of my live streams. If you want to watch or listen to more of my content, please follow me on the various social media channels. Please leave a review, subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, welcome to my live stream. Um, thanks everyone for sending in all the questions this week. Um, we'll address as many as we can as, as we go through. Uh, if you're watching live, please drop some comments um, below. If you're watching after the event or listen to on the podcast, feel free to like, share, make a review, all of those cool things. So today I wanted to talk about diversity and inclusion, which, which is always important. And there's so many things to talk about right now. So um, my friend Joanne Lockwood has kindly agreed to come on. Certainly patch her. Joanne, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you so much for inviting me back. It's a pleasure. 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 Um, we did one, was it just after the first lockdown? It feels like it was oh, I don't around know. that time. It's like a different lifetime. It's wherever that was last year. Pff, who knows? <laughs> so much has happened since then. It's, uh, oh, it has. It, it's been crazy. So I, I think know. to start, do you know, it's been, we, we talked about this off air and, and just so many so many people have been impacted by COVID-19. And I don't think when we first spoke, we'd even comprehended just how long this was going to go on for. Um, I mean, so for me, I mean, for me personally, and we talked about this, uh, I've got a young family, so two young girls, my wife's been working in hospital, um, you know, so we'll talk about that, it's been crazy. But then the other thing is just so many people are in a different scenario. I've really had to learn to appreciate that. Hmm. Yeah, I've been talking about this yeah, since last March, like everybody else. And there's a phrase that keeps cropping up, yeah, same storm, different boats. It's recognizing yeah. that our lived experience is so unique and we need to be so person-centric. We can't just treat everybody the same. We've got to really understand our individuals, you know, who our people are, what their challenges are, what their anxieties are, and their family, their family context. I, I we can't as employers just treat people as, as employees anymore we have to we have to get to know the whole them yeah yeah but it's hard to i mean i remember back you know back when it happened you know i'm leading a company but you're so you get so immersed in your own world to start with mm. it's like you know everything stops and then you're like oh no like how am i gonna do homeschooling how are we gonna organize you know everything changes and it just for me i found like just try to take a breath <laughs> and took a moment and then you can start to to think a bit clearer. Mm. What was the old mental health adage, which is put your own oxygen mask on first. And I, th I think leaders need to recognize that they need to put their own oxygen mask on, get themselves in a position where they can lead rather than trying to be in the melee with everybody else before they're fixed. So I think there's a, it's really important. Even a year on, there's still people suffering from anxiety, struggling with homeschooling, struggling with everything else. And leaders are, are not unique. Leaders are in the same boat or a different boat, same storm. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. That's very true. But it just to start with though, it was, you know, back in back then it was like, you know, these words like pivot, 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 and all of and all of those things. And, you, and everyone got so reactive, you know, reacting to a lot of stuff. And I and I think um and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I saw a lot of a lot of companies doing great things. You know, a lot of people I spoke to, they were saying to their parents the parents that are, of you know their workers you know we don't expect you to do a full day you know if you're homeschooling and both parents are working you know half a day is kind of what's expected 
Um, on the other side of the coin, some people just didn't even didn't appreciate any of that stuff. Mm. I've been reading some shock, shocking posts on LinkedIn over the last few weeks and months, I'm sure many have, about organisations that are denying flexible working requests. You know, they're working from home, but they're denying the flexible the flexibility to be able to chunk their work up into different ways or make some reasonable adjustments so that people aren't fixed nine to five. They can do a chunk here and a chunk here. I often talk about you get your employees now in chunks. You get a, you get a chunk at maybe seven till nine in the morning. Then you get a chunk at ten till twelve, and then you get a chunk from one till three, and then a, another chunk at five till seven. And what you could do is if you just need to readjust your expectations. It's not about presenteeism; it's about output and outcomes of what people are delivering for you, and yeah. working with the teams. Say what can you achieve? Because otherwise, all you end up doing is you're putting anxiety, mental health pressure on. Uh, and you're not being the best the best supportive employee that you can be it's super hard though to grasp that isn't it if you're so used to you're right but it's so if you're so used to your team coming in um if you're used to seeing them i think it took a lot of a lot of people a long time to adjust but then others others i respect some people they were like i never I, i'm never going to do flexible working i'm never going to work at home what's all this like video stuff all about and those same people I spoke to a month or two after, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm never going to go back to five days a week anymore. This, this, this Teams or Zoom or whatever they were using is just incredible. You know, why did my IT team make me use it before? Yeah, I know. But, but I, I, I think this lockdown, lockdown three in the UK is a little bit different because the government guideline is being reinforced. Don't go to work. You can work from home. And using my wife's example, she works for a small business and she was almost made to go in the office all last year. It's only this year since Christmas where they followed the government advice saying, well, you could work from home. It's just that the excuse was, oh, we didn't have a laptop. Oh, we didn't have enough VPN licenses. Oh, we don't have enough process. And now they do. Um, She's now wondering why she couldn't have done this eight months ago because she's working very productively. Um, she's event driven. She's customer service. So she deals with phone calls, inbound emails. It's very yeah. easy to judge that she's succeeding because the email box is clear. The calls are logged. The phones are answered and she can do that from home. And it's, it's disappointing that her employer didn't look deeper a year ago or eight, nine months ago. But her employer is also one of these people that is so focused on lockdown ending that they can't wait to get everyone back in the office and command and control. I can't see you. I can't trust you. I've yeah. paid for this office. I've put all these desks in here. I need someone to sit in them. Rather yeah. than actually thinking about what is best for the team, best for the business, and then thinking about how they could use the office space differently, maybe make it into an open plan drop-in zone where they can have weekly meetings here and there. But I think there's still too many employers that are of that old school ilk yeah i I need to see you i need my power comes from having people around me yeah that's what i'm trying to break it's hard you're right it's hard to it's just because as much as you know as you said leaders are really struggling with it and if if you're used to leading in that way or managing in that way it's very hard to break um i think also you've got to appreciate that again employees want different things as well right this is i guess a bit about important bit about inclusivity it's some people 
want to be able to choose how they work you know um and i think this is this is these are the big winners from you know from this it's you know if you're skilled at something and you've been working for a while and you know how to do your job it's amazing for you right like you if you're in the right environment you can you can work from home you can work from anywhere super effectively hopefully you get your dose of of like human contact at the we work style office environment that people will probably end up creating um whereas whereas others i think if you're you know let's say like a younger person a young person you've just entered the workforce you could really miss out with all of this stuff because if your manager's mm. not coming in you know i mean i i learned so much from sitting next to my past bosses just listening seeing how yeah, they behave the water cooler the coffee chats the, the the osmosis that occurs just by being around people yeah yeah so i think what whatever however it all lands you know i think everyone needs to be thought about because it's quite oh, easy to to think yeah. of your own view of the world it's like sure. well i love love all this flexibility and mm. my team are going to love it too but maybe that's not not going to be the case I, i've got some uh, business colleagues um in my network we we're talking to them the other day and one person uh, uh has a disability and what she's struggling with is her personal assistants that come and help her um prepare for the day that one of them had covid one of them struggled with something else so she is now feeling isolated because she can't get the support she needs to get ready and to be able to perform her job during the day so she's got challenges there and she has to she has to now be uh, innovative and plan ahead as to what support she can get and what she can wear and what she can do and i've got other people i've been talking to about they have employees that are really struggling because they they need supervision they they like that reassurance they're doing okay um they like to be task driven where they've got a set set procedures and by having this sort of work from home flexibility they find that too unstructured and so yeah for sure it doesn't suit everybody and it really is creating a a, a sort of a divided workforce yeah i think so because back in i guess it was it between i lose track of the months now but between lockdown one and two you know they were encouraging people to start to come back to the office you know they were like getting this trying to get the city of london open again um, mm. and look, obviously in other countries they haven't had lockdowns i mean people have been going in um, and of course we're talking about office based workers right because there's many people that have actually had to have gone into work um so there's a lot of us construction yeah and yeah. yeah, supply chain etc et yeah all that yeah. sort of yeah um so i spoke to quite a few younger people again who who were even actually of all ages that they went into the office and then they were like well no one else is there <laughs> so you know what's the point almost so i think that some real real thought needs to go into it and um i spoke to a guy i just spoke to a guy this morning and he's he's a ceo of a financial services firm and this is a quite nice story is that he was actually about to retire because his this expectation on him was going and seeing all of his team all of the time uh, across all the different offices and and it got it got far too much and he's like right i'm i'm done now but this has brought him a complete new lease of of professional life where he doesn't have to do that anymore he can do it from home which i think is really mm. really cool now, i was running some training for a a local council uh, somewhere in the country and the feedback i got was that it was actually incredible that it was now accessible to the the councillors and the elected officials who would normally have to travel into the council offices at six or seven in the evening to have these training courses to have these briefings and now they can as they put it i can have my dinner 
um, sit down in front of my computer for two hours without, and then go back and watch the telly after. So they actually saw it as a bonus. They, 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 it made them more productive. It allowed them to have better conversations. And, and they were far more ready and prepared to have these, these, these conversations than they would have had by traveling in for an hour or, or, or that physical, yeah. you know, the physical travel. What you've got to be careful of, though, is I've spoken to many people who have really felt burnt out. You know, bur- burnout's been like a real conversation topic, you know, on LinkedIn. And I mean, everyone's talking about it. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a real it's a real thing. And I think the, the danger mm. of being at home is you just you can roll out so easily, roll out of bed, straight to your desk, do your thing, don't go out. And then and you could you could find it very easily that you just stared at a screen for longer than you would have done normally and it's very easy just to, yeah. to really get so drains I, I i've kind of nicknamed it my polar bear syndrome because <laughs> many many years ago probably in the mid 90s I'm, I'm pretty sure it was san diego zoo i went to and they had this beautiful polar bear enclosure and i remember looking through the big glass portal into this polar bear and i thought wow this polar bear looks so happy i really don't like zoos because I, I think yeah, I understand the conservation issue, but at the time that was on the radar, and I thought that polar bear looks okay. I'm quite, I'm quite happy that polar bear looks okay. Then I stood there for ten minutes and watched this cycle of the polar bear. Literally, it was it was walking around the pen the same way. It brushed its right cheek of its backside on the tree and rubbed. Then it took four paces, brushed its nose on the rock, took walked around the rock, dived into the water, pushed off the floor with the right paw. And then climbed out with the left paw and then repeated that cycle. So superficially, if you just stood there for five minutes, you think, oh, that looks like a happy polar bear. Stay there for 10, 15, 20, and you realize this polar bear is going stir crazy. So I'm very conscious that I am becoming this polar bear. I live in a two-bed flat. I roll out. I do this. I do that. Put the kettle on. Have a coffee. Sit down. Get up. Go to the loo. Make a coffee. Sit back down. Talk to the screen. And I really am getting to this point where I'm very conscious about being this polar bear and then someone else chanted the other day talking about the story about some zoos they're letting the animals out for a walk around the empty zoo and mm-hmm. so I, uh, one thing they do is they took the penguins down the tunnel you know they get these things where the tunnel goes through the water and you've got all the fish around oh, yeah, yeah. so they took the penguins for a walk through the tunnel under the water the penguins were, were loving looking at all the fish <laughs> the sharks everything else going on and then they marched them back and put them in their pen. And I thought, take it by polar bear analogy one more time, one more step. I need to be that penguin. I need to be walking through the tunnel. I need to be looking at the world and seeing more than just my black mirror. You've got to get on it. We've been, yeah. so I've been doing this, and I, I spoke to a lot of people over this fake commute. So it's, you get up, you get dressed, and you, and you go out like you're going out on a commute. So you might go for like a half an hour walk, 40 minute walk or something like that to get out. And it gets great. It gets the blood flowing. Mm. It really gets you energized because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people moaned about their commute before lockdown. A lot of people are now like, oh, if that commute comes back, I'm never moaning about you again. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not wasted time. It's you listen to a podcast, thinking mm. time. Um, you know, if you've got a step counter, you get your steps up um but, but that's i i, I mean if for me i think it's so important to try and implement something like that oh, it is. It morning is. and yeah. evening um and so actually my I, team I, I went to the dentist the other morning and i was really excited that i was going to the dentist so i could get out and have a little walk around and stretch and see something different but yeah no, you, you're so right 
we have um it's made, it's made kind of worse at the moment because the cause it's dark in the morning and dark in the evening and i, I tend to sort of think well at five o'clock oh i've had an oh, well. but at that time you look outside it's like cold and wet and miserable you think i'll put it off but yeah it making excuses but hopefully spring the light maybe i'll oh, maybe up for it it's so good look our skin's waterproof it doesn't matter if it's raining <laughs> you know you get your hat you get your thing on so in my, in my team this week we've got this step challenge so if you do seven thousand steps you get one point ten thousand you get two and we've got a little competition but i think and everyone's probably going to correct me if i'm wrong um it's been good because you kind of like you have to tell your team you're like oh, i've done seven thousand or mm. No, I've, I need to get out for a really couple good. of thousand steps, you know. So that's been that's mm. been pretty pretty cool, um, just to get people moving because it's. I, I mean, it's funny you talk about your step counter. I, I've got an Apple Watch and it's got the activity thing, and you get this little bzzz when you when you've done your activity today. And no word of a lie, I was stirring my coffee the other day, and it went bzzz. You've achieved your movement count today. I thought <laughs> just by stirring my coffee, I've achieved my movement. Goal. You need to up that no. movement count. <laughs> I do. I do. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Just on, so some advice. So, a, a lot of, so for people that are not feeling included, um, what, what, is there anything they can do? Like, what, what, what advice would you give them to, like, to speak to their manager? Or is there anything that you feel that, that works well? Well, first of all, don't, don't sleep on it. Don't, don't, don't let it pass. Yeah. Whether you can talk to your partner or if you live with somebody, a friend, just try and create some human contact outside of work first. So create a kind of a sense of belonging to society. Maybe talk to colleagues, maybe yeah, just send, a, send a, ch a chat, a Slack, whatever, just ping somebody and say, fancy a coffee later to have a quick, quick chat. Can we, how about we do a do lunch together over Zoom and just have a chat and then share some anxiety, share some things that are going on. And, and then maybe talk about how you're feeling excluded from the team and if they had any ideas. So maybe share peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, and failing that, do something similar to your team lead, to your manager, and to say, look, I'd just love to have a quick chat. I've got a few things going on. Uh, but then it becomes incumbent on the person, like the manager, to respond to that in a positive way. Yes. And, that's, and so some people have a huge anxiety of being rejected or that that or not being understood or, or they almost feel like they're they're so worried if, if i'm weak if i show any sign that i can't cope how's that going to reflect on me um i want my job i'm worried about my job i'm worried about the company being able to afford me i'm worried about this and, that. and if i say i can't do it how's that going to make me so there's a lot of that going on there i think leaders need to help lead that conversation and invite and understand the anxieties people are facing and if mm. someone does reach out be really really receptive and say right let's make some time of course listen talk how can i help what would you like me to do yeah do a lot of listening a lot of listening and start with a yes i'm sure we can figure that out yes yes i understand what's your idea here so again really using that sort of active listening leading asking how you can help and i think that's what leaders should be focusing on but I, i've spoken to people and they're so anxious about weakness being weak not coping well especially if you're in a in an industry where you know the people are losing their jobs or the company's downsized you just don't want to you don't want to be the next one right so if you are feeling no. burnt out or not included in or you've got you, you're really struggling 
that that fear of and that anxiety of actually telling your manager hey i'm really struggling it's it's such a big hurdle to, to overcome hmm. um i think because you're isolated you can't always see the body language you can't necessarily see that see your manager later in the day and just get a smile out of them or you've got haven't got that human context so sometimes all these conversations are so isolated and there's no there's no way of judging how that's how that's played out unless you ask again and also i think important to remember is that leaders are just a human like all people and they're all going through the same thing so and i think the amazing thing right now is most people are being like really kind and appreciate that people are in a different a difficult spot and i think when you approach your manager or your leader i mean most are going to really want to help i would say yeah i suppose most of the people i talk to work for large organizations and most of these organizations and people i'm talking to are having a very positive led leadership type experience out of their company so yeah so obviously i'm talking to a lot of people with with certain level of privilege but I think if we go to small and medium enterprises, businesses that maybe have not adapted, we know there are toxic cultures out there. We know there are organizations that aren't forward thinking and, and adaptive in this way. So I, I don't have a percentage, but there is a significant proportion of the UK working population that aren't having a great experience. True. And aren't true. looked after. True. Leads us nicely to one of the questions, actually. We had a bunch emailed in, um, and this is interesting. So we talked about approaching leaders but it does take a certain degree of courage i would say and if you're an introvert how how do you do that how do you get seen um so i guess you know this leads into you know if you're struggling you know plucking up the courage but also mm. if you're wanting that promotion if you want to get noticed but you're you're too introvert to organize these virtual coffees and catch up with senior management it's tough right i mean what would you what yeah, have you seen I get, well, think about the word introvert. I, I think if we look at people's introvertness and extrovertness on a, on, a, on a spectrum, on a scale, and often I think we confuse introvertness with being shy, retiring, unable to speak out. There are many people who, who identify as introvert. I, I identify as introvert because I, I get energy from self, not from a crowd, from a group. And that's, that's where I identify as introvert, about where I get my energy from. So but I think one of the things I've learned is by having conversations with people is, many people have anxieties many people are worried about being seen many people are worried about speaking out so you're not alone you're not the only one that's feeling that way and i think that if you're if you're nervous you're worried find a kindred spirit someone who you perceive it's also quiet also worried about speaking out share some lived experience i'm anxious about this so am i oh it's good to have someone to talk to and then building that shared experience, bringing other people into that group of and expanding that feeling where you get to talk about it. And suddenly you, you realize you've got this power of, of, of everybody all feeling the same and you're not alone. So you yes. can be seen in that way by, by creating this amplification or asking somebody who you trust to amplify for you or advocate or speak on your behalf, create that space where you can be seen and heard. Yeah. So, so, so almost create a nice support network around you of whether it's whether it's within the company or external to really to really start to be able to to talk to trust yeah in. And, and if you're if you're a colleague yeah 
we talk about allyship. We often think about allyship in terms of LGBT, race, whatever. We can also be an ally to people who are maybe not able to speak out. If you're a colleague and you think, well, actually, I haven't heard from so-and-so for a while, or actually, last time I saw them on camera, they looked a bit kind of run down. They didn't look very happy. They didn't speak much. A great colleague can be a great ally by reaching out and saying, look, I saw you on the call earlier. You look like you wanted to say something. Can I help? Yeah, 100%. Let, let me just put this another question, in, actually, because it's, it's actually exactly... Ah, that's it, yeah. that's it, yeah. It's not, good and then just to set the scene, I mean, clearly so many people if you're moving jobs in the last almost year it's been virtual right i mean all, all virtual hiring now joining a company virtually is quite interesting you know like no one's no one's taking your coat no one's made you the coffee haven't tried the biscuits you know all of that stuff so hmm. uh, and so, so this person was just interested like how how can i make my new colleagues that have joined virtually feel included i, I think i would say is create new stories because often when, when we get together in our in our groups and our we always talk about the old days we talk about what we did do we talked about all these things and people who've joined the company virtually haven't got that experience of the christmas party the away day the team chats the way we used to do stuff around the cooler so i think it's creating new stories that we can all sit around the campfire if you like and yeah. have that feeling so i think yeah, almost like re-baseline, say, right, well, this is lockdown, this is how we're working remotely. Let's, let's not keep talking about the old days and what the office was like and how we used to do all this stuff. Let's talk about what we're doing now. And that is yeah. actively involving people. Uh, if they're confident, ask them to tell their story. Tell me about yourself if you fancy doing that or write a little paragraph and, and sharing yeah. it. Um, yeah. Spotlight them. Okay, okay, not everybody wants to have their face dead center in camera and speak out. But there's a, maybe a subtle way of you know, getting a little bio of them, introducing them. Um, Do you know, I think this part is, of the team that way. No, definitely. And I think this is, okay, this is all virtual now, but it would have been the same anyway. Like it's, it's nice to make friends with people, mm. you know, networking, make them feel included. Because you, you want to build a, and work in a high-performing team, right? And you yeah. want to make friends with people and you need to spend time with people to make friends with them. And just because, you know, it's over a camera like this or – even the good old phone. I mean, there's so many amazing things now to keep us connected. I, I was talking to a, a DNI team in a large organisation the other day, and they say, "Where are their roles at the moment? Is to get some merch, uh, a t-shirt, <laughs> a cap, or a, a mug, or something." And what they do is they they buy a hundred things and ship them out to their teams. They've got the budget because they were spending this on something else. Now they've got the budget. So yeah. all of a sudden on a Friday, a baseball cap will arrive in the post and they'll go on their team's meeting. They've all got their baseball caps on and they've got their mug and they've got their... So little things like that create this team spirit and it reminds you that the company's still there. Uh, yeah. I've seen also companies, they send fruit baskets or um, other things just randomly to, to their teams yeah. just to say, look, we're still here for you. We're not, we're not ignoring you. We know you're there. And you wake up one morning and go, wow. How do you, how good do you feel? Somebody's thought yeah. about you. Yeah, we've done we've done we do quite a bit. I mean, we have um, we've been doing a two p.m. call for half an hour, the whole way through, but un completely unstructured, COVID-free zone, um, mm. where people have just you we've just been able to chat, which has been really interesting. Another nice thing we've done is we have um we have a little coffee subscription, so um for those coffee drinkers they get a little bag of coffee once a month and 
you know, so try try to do like nice little things that have have made yeah. people feel included, and we've got something to talk about. And I mean, what, know, I've, what I've done is I've, I've I've bought myself a lot of little desk toys. So oh, I've got yeah. my little Henry the Hoover, which, which it's my screen cleaner. Um, I've got some COVID stress balls, and I've got a little mini Cooper here, and I've got some. Um, finger boxing gloves so i can i can have a little finger boxing game so i've got lots of little toys that i can play with just when i'm on calls and we're doing this all the time i can bring my stress ball out i can play with something so i've got that tactilely kind of thing nice going on yeah i mean we yeah. talked about it just before we were on air actually i mean and i know you've you've uh, you've done this as well i went crazy on tech i mean the amount of stuff that i've got now the lights the camera nowhere near as good as your stuff um, but again, it, I've just ended up getting so much. And then it, as we talked about that, we just we just realized, appreciated that the big thing here also is there's so many people and families just haven't been able to. Oh, I love that. love that. <laughs> um, a lot of people haven't been able to afford afford good tech. You know, they don't have good yeah, Internet. No, good sure. And and that's been and that's been really tough. Um, certainly if people are homeschooling and trying to work. And there's, there's a massive uh, tech divide whether it's uh, broadband, quality of broadband, um, infrastructure in the home. You know, we bought our homes thinking they're for raising a family. So we've got multiple generations sitting around a kitchen table or we've got um, parent one in the be bedroom one, parent two in the study, child one, two, three, and four on the kitchen table, on the telly. And we're all competing with broadband. We're all competing for resources around the home and it's not easy you know if you work for different companies and you're at different stages of your life everyone's competing and there's no it support at home so if your broadband goes down or you've got a bit of a pc issue it's like ah. <laughs> when are we working on on, uh, on business or personal internet faults at virgin or bt now would you um no <laughs> it's crazy but we had i mean i had you know we've got a, a like a living room thing but I'm like, no, I'm not having anyone around my house right now. I mean, so I converted that into, you know, my little mm. workspace. And so it's it's interesting, it's just reimagining, which is quite cool though. It's just reimagining, you know, the different spaces. And also for work, our office, um, that's really, we've completely re redone that. We have a new space and it's much more, it's actually more like a home where we have these different nice working areas because you can't do video calls sitting next to each other. Like these open plan offices don't work. Mm end up shouting on the video and if someone's sitting next to you trying to shout and shout and so you know that that's all quite cool and i think as as that all goes on um you know it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see where it all lands yeah i think organizations companies need to also think about just the working environment staff have and their people have because we invest in workplace ergonomics. We do workplace assessments. We make sure they've got the right angle on their chair. It's fully adjustable. We've got monitors that move. We've, we put all this effort into making sure our employees don't get stiff necks and backs and elbows, proper chairs. And now we've yeah. had people for a year sitting on their sofa with a laptop on their knees, crunched over a little coffee table, propping it up on two cardboard boxes on the kitchen sink so they can get the right height. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to think that some of the great companies, I have spoken to some great companies, they're giving everybody a, a, an allowance for uh, not just their computer, but for their working environment, their keyboard, their mouse, their their chair. Uh, and I think the longer this goes on, we've got to recognize that what we were spending on premise, we've now got to push out to our team to make sure they can work. Oh, yeah. I mean, every every business I speak to is 
can come out reducing office space. But remember, a lot of companies also, um, a lot of people have been used to, again, office space workers, but working like this anyway. You know, mm. like a, a, certainly international companies. A, a one big trend I've noticed um, from my headhunting this last year is that so many companies have said, we don't mind where the person's based. So, so before, let's say the job had to be in London or Frankfurt or something like that, they've said, we just want the best person go source across Europe, for example, which has been amazing, right? Because it's meant, you know, larger talent pools, therefore more diverse talent pools, more diverse hiring, all of those things. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, you, you have a scenario where you've got like the CFO in London, you've got the CEO in Copenhagen, I don't know, and you've got these real international companies, um, which I think it's just so fantastic. And, and, this, and this kind of stuff mm. is going to the norm it might be you meet them once a month it is but uh, i think there's a divide uh, around between forward-thinking great organizations and ones that are kind of market time waiting for us all to go back i was looking at an advert i think it was on on linkedin a jd was posted and it said this role is currently currently remote but it's you would be expected to go to london two days a week and newcastle Two days a week, um, once you, when you can, it's like. So, why do you have to put that now? Why do, why are you why are you, why are you deciding that this job can't be done remotely when it can be done remotely to start with? Why don't we evaluate what's going on in six months' time and say, when the office work opens up, there'll be the opportunity to co-work either in the office or from home, depending on where you are. Because if I was looking yeah. at this role, thinking, well, if I worked, if I lived in South Wales, this looked like a great job. But now you're telling me I might have to go to London or Newcastle twice a week. Well, there's no point in me applying. So all this power of being able to source people from anywhere, and the first thing you do is ruin it by saying, well, actually, now we're going to want you in the office. It's like, well, okay. There that are not for me, then. There are a bunch. I've been doing one in the US at the moment where we can source anywhere. And, and actually, most candidates have asked us when this goes back to normal, which I'm never really sure it's going to be the normal you think you know it was, what what is my working week going to look like? And it's quite hard to answer, you know, because right now they're saying, well, you're going to go live in Seattle, work for, I mean, just it doesn't matter where you are. But then they look at where the office locations are. And it's like, if they require me to start going on a regular basis, suddenly this job goes from like really cool, super flexible, you know, to yeah. how many miles? Oh, no, yeah. yeah, like it's tough. So I, I still don't think... Not everyone's really thought through that. Well, I'd like to think, I mean, this is me putting my magic hat on and thinking, when we went into this, it was kind of like a click, wasn't it? It was kind of like now. We had like yeah. a six-week phase where we just did it. Yeah. I'd like to think as we come out, it's going to be an evolution. So to go back to the old, there is no old normal. We just have what we what we do now. This is how we work. And how we work may evolve. It's not going to go like that again I, I don't think so no, no, no. when people are saying how's what's work going to look like in a year's time well i'd like to think work will evolve over the course of that year we're not gonna have this magic okay if you're working for an organization that says right you can go back to work and get into work yes there are some exceptions but i think most companies will be thinking right this has worked let's take the best of what we've had the best of what we we've got now and make it better for the future just blend that to create best of best yeah and that's, that's, and, that's and I think that's happening for the it's a, mm. as you said. It's just, there's like a there's a scale, right? I mean, you've got some really 
forward thinking companies and it could be big or small i mean you know but people that are mm. really thinking about what the most effective way for their workers to work is there's also this financial driver that we discussed around you know if you don't need a huge office in a big city why have it i mean it's so there's that also that financial driver the other thing is again like uh, everyone wants to work differently and so maybe one I spoke to one company they're never going to have an office again ever that's their thing right that's what they decided it's all virtual working which is fine um i did a poll on linkedin a while ago and i think it was i mean up in the 80s percent of people wanted the office as part of their life in some way yeah, so I you're not so. going to want to work for that virtual company so it's you know it's it's, but it's that a mindset and a paradigm shift of, as a human race if you like we need to let go or evolve or, or be happy with living in that world i mean if you look at a lot of startups a lot of companies have, have been online digital remote only yeah, I, yeah you probably remember the days where everyone had to have a file server and that, well, i can't put my stuff in the cloud i can't cope with that and then suddenly thank goodness doing, we put everything in the cloud um, i was like dial up connection and you, i know when on holiday i'm like trying to yeah. trying to get some service somewhere <laughs> so whilst the whilst the, the the young people today are being obviously impacted by this their exams and their education everything else they're going to be entering the workplace as kind of like yeah we, we, we've dealt with being online we can do this um i mean i i in my business, there's just just me as a person, but I work, I've got an accountant, I've got a marketing specialist, I've got associates, we work on different projects together, I'm, I'm an associate for other company. So I've got a whole matrix of, of network of people I work with. Many people I've never met face to face. And I don't need to. So my business probably has 20 or 25 people that I interact with as part of it on a daily basis. Yeah, but it, I don't need to meet these people. So the new businesses are going to evolve in that way. It's just the businesses that maybe they can't because they've got a physicality requirement or the businesses that are locked into premise or they're locked into a mindset. I think that's, that's, that's the thing. It's yeah. evolving. And if you're working for a business that doesn't meet your needs, evaluate whether they're the right business for you, whether yeah. that's the right organization. Yeah. It's funny. As you mentioned that on, on like the, on kids, because I always I started hearing myself say it and I always promised myself I wouldn't it's like you start thinking oh when I was young when I was at school when I was at uni it was different I had the best time and then I'm thinking well hold on like my my six-year-old daughter knows her way around the computer and you know amazingly she's like on zoom she's doing a little chat and da, da, da. and that's her that's her thing that's her reality um it's just her reality it's neither better mm. or worse I guess it's just that's how she's growing up and that's what she's learning. And I've been watching some of these young people being interviewed on telly. Um, yeah, how does this affect your, your, your exams, your schoolwork? And I, I appreciate they obviously interview hundreds of different children and, or young people and they get the best soundbite. But I'm really kind of enlightened and inspired by the, by the, the maturity of what they're coming out with about how they see this is impacting how the situation is damaging their opportunities how they won't be thwarted by it and how they're going to overcome this and i think these these young people around 14 15 16 i thought wow there's such maturity there such maturity it's amazing because everyone struggles with being uncomfortable you know mm. 
but if you're comfortable if you can learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable um it's such a it's such a powerful thing because hmm. who knows what's going to happen in life you know you take the knocks with the good times and if i don't know if you're used to that from an early age maybe maybe you build up a, hmm. a stronger resilience i don't know but you know they're certainly they're certainly learning to cope with you know these different things yeah i, I mean i i learned over the last few years um the, the cia so c for control if i can't control something i influence i can't influence something a i have to accept or advocate yeah um so i quickly move to from situations i can't control i have no influence over and become comfortable in where i am and it's my choice and i have the power in myself of what i can do to influence myself yeah. and make change but I don't blame the situation. So I, I try and take back control. And I think that's being comfortable and adapting to your environment and then making yeah. change from there. Super important. Super important. Mm. One last question I want to end with, and I've spoken to a few people about this, which I think is, I, I love this. It's like when people say bring your authentic self to work, do they really mean it? Or do they mean bring your authentic self to work as, as long as you believe what I believe? So I think like yeah. US elections are a great example of it, right? I mean, what was it? I don't know, a bit more than 50% voted one way and then the other, right? So so you've got to think that depending on what state you're in, you probably have a Trump or Democrat supporter sitting in your team, right? How comfortable are you with that? And and you should be, mm. right? You welcome all people. So I just I just thought that was that was fascinating because I think most people yeah. you say it, nope. I'm not sure really they're really, they're really, nope. really this really is old it. adage, you know, that never talk about politics and religion in polite company. Um, <laughs> and I've heard people say that if you can't talk about politics and religion, then what does that say about the culture you work in and the people you work with? So it's almost challenging to say, be comfortable being uncomfortable be open to discussion, open to discord, and open to respecting each other's views and beliefs and having engaging conversations rather than to a battle of who's more right all the time, which is what we do. So I think it's about evolving workplace culture around emotional intelligence, about being curious, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and learning from each other and not seeing someone else's view as a threat. And yeah. also recognizing that your views aren't mainstream and maybe they're not to be shared if you want to have those views that's fine but they're not for work views that they're, they're not safe for work but i think a lot of people use authenticity as a justification for being hateful rude it's what i believe that the yolo type thing and you say on instagram you see it on people young people influencers say i'm authentic i can say what i feel because i'm authentic to it i think people hide behind this authenticity to hide hate, to hide discrimination, to hide bias and bigotry. So I think yeah. it's about being kind. It's about being generous, it's about being fair. And it's about trying not to be right all the time. It's about learning about each other and sharing yes. views and opinions. An opinion doesn't mean to say you're right. It's just your speak from the eye. I believe. Yeah. What do you think? And then yeah. opening up. Because also, you know, you have to accept that people have different views and perspectives. And you're, and you're right. You know, a lot, of, a lot of the time people want to argue or convince someone that their view is wrong or my view is right. 
you don't need to have to do that. I mean, I'm, you know, my friends will laugh at me because I love a good argument. But, but you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I genuinely, when I, when I, you know, I appreciate that people have different perspectives and different views, and I'm really cool with that. You know, mm. as long as it's not ha- hateful and racist or homophobic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, but it's human nature. Yeah, most of what we do will say. I mean, I'm doing it now. I'm trying to persuade you of my opinion. I'm telling you my opinion. I'm trying to persuade you through examples, through metaphors that I'm right. I'm trying to do that. And we do that. Most conversations revolve around me telling you something I believe and getting you to agree, and you try and tell me something back and get me to agree. How about if, if, if you said, okay, hmm, keep going, tell me more, keep going, hmm, I'm still not getting it, and then ask me asking you questions of something I disagree with so that I can actually get to the point where I either understand well, I've asked you so many questions that you start going, hmm, now you've asked me that question, maybe I'm not so sure either. Uh, and you do that through the curiosity, through questioning. And I think rather than, because you know, we look at the big, you know, the Brexit, the Trump, we look at all these big debates, vax, anti-vax, and we end up in, in these two camps and there's a gulf, we're miles apart. How do we get back to the center ground where we have this discord? We don't. We stick here. You don't because you you surround yourself generally in, you, in an echo people, chamber. Yeah, you think people think the same on social media. Genuinely, generally, you're following people that have a similar view to you, so you don't really listen. And then when you do come up a, against someone uh, or speaking to someone with a completely contrasting view, you it's so easy to slip into that. I want to tell you what I think. I don't rather than. I'd love to hear what you yeah. think. We demonize them. They're, they're not in our tribe. They're not in our in-group. Yeah. I I've, I've believe it so strongly that whatever you're saying must be a lie. You must be misguided. And, that, yeah. and that's the problem with, with uh, these echo chambers and cohorts or tribes, whatever you want to describe it. We, get, we, we want to feel that sense of belonging. If, I, if, I'm a, if I'm a Man City supporter and I meet a Man United supporter, I've got to treat them like the enemy. If they're if they come from Liverpool, they're even worse. If I sort of say, "Oh, that was a great goal you scored the other day," I'll be burnt at the stake as a heathen. Oh, yeah. So we've got oh, yeah. to, we've kind of got to stick to our beliefs, or we get we get shunned out of our own tribe. Yeah, but this is what I've quite liked. I don't know if you if, you, if you've joined Clubhouse yet. You know the new. Uh, I've, I've tipped my toe in it, and I thought very interesting. But I've got some real work to get on with. This is just people talking. What else are they doing? You can well. That's it. It's like a live. It's a live podcast. But what I've and I haven't yeah. done that much. But what I've enjoyed about it was you don't know who's on the group uh, or in the rooms. And so I've started to. I've, I've listened to people that have got a completely different view perspective than I have, and I and I found it really interesting because I've been able to. And maybe you get that from Twitter as well if you if you look if you look uh, hard enough, but. It's just, it's just not, it's not the echo chamber that that you have on some of the other social media yeah. sites, which is the one thing I quite like about it. I, I suppose going back to this mental health thing, I spend all day talking to people online. Yeah. Uh, switch off, family time, chill out, cook yeah. something, watch a bit of telly, pop, pop pop a box it on. The last thing I want to do is is put my headphones on in the evening and do this during the day. I, I haven't got enough time to carve it out. It's, it's another distraction. And, and um, you're right. You do have to, no, you're right. You're right. You really have to think about it. I, I've been, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been diarising much more exercise time than than uh, than clubhouse time for sure. Makes me feel great. When oh, I, I can understand if you're going for a walk with your headphones in, then clubhouse is a is, is a good thing to, to have a laugh with when you're doing it and, and join in. Yeah. yeah. 
maybe that's my problem. I don't diarise in uh, exercise time, so I don't have any clubhouse time. Get the walk in. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's all good. There's so much stuff around now, um, but it's just nice. It's nice to listen, watch, you know, see what people are up to. You know, I think it's uh, it's good. The discussion is great. So, well, thank you, thank you so much for joining me. We've done uh, we've done yeah, almost fifty pleasure. minutes, which is great. Always wow. uh, always yeah. nice speaking to you. So, thank you no, very I've much. I've enjoyed it. It's been good topics. Yeah, thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe in all the usual places.